Hello and welcome to I Spit on Your Grades, the Slasher episode. Uh, it's me, your reigning champion, Mercer, and uh, I'm also joined by the usual crew, uh, Mrs. Faye Ellis. Hello. And Mr. Chris Ellis. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hello. So I'm getting up. I realise I can only see half my head on the camera. It's putting me up. Anyway, so it's the slasher episode. Yes. Um, where we've picked our favourite slashers. Now, I don't know about you two, but this was a massive, massive struggle for me. Me too. Absolutely. There were too many. Too many to pick from. And I had to whittle it down to what I ultimately ultimately decided was my favourite. But... That's, that's almost like it's the point of the show. <laughs> but, it's such a douche. In your dick. <laughs> I whittled it down, but I, I, I had to put some kind of guidelines in for myself to think about, well, that might be, like, it's, for example... I didn't choose something that's one of my favourite movies that could fall under slasher because I was like, hmm, I probably want to use that in another genre. Okay. I think there's crossover between slasher and... Like Supernatural, Ghost and that sort of thing. Like, yeah. 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 So I made a purpose, purposeful... Purposeful? Is that a real word? Yeah. A conscious decision <laughs> to go, right, for me, I'm going to use my slasher as it's... A real life person hunting down a bunch of people. That were that's how I managed to whittle mine down. Right. Okay. Um. That that's kind of the criteria I went with as well. Uh, again, mm-hmm. because there's so many to choose from. Um. But I think with Chris's choice, you had to make an allowance for that because. Oh. Yeah, he's not telling me how. He's not telling me no, no, how. No, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that like. You, Mercer, and me, we picked ours on people who are living and doing what yeah, they in do. The real, living in the yeah. real world, yeah. Whereas uh, what Chris chose and what the audience chose, I'd say that's kind of a supernatural element. I picked mine on being <laughs> the best one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's a good choice, Chris. Um, but no, I mean, I don't think that was that wasn't the criteria we set in general, no. was it? It was just the it was the only way I could try and find like whittle myself down, it's, and then I still ended up being a massive list. Yeah, it's, it's hard as, as we go along. It'll get it'll get harder and harder to uh, narrow these narrow these films down ones that we haven't used till we are using Amityville three. <laughs> and like you were saying, Mercer, uh, hopefully um, at some point we may even do a slasher. Part two episode. Which would almost kind of um, shit all over, this is our best favourite one, but it might have to be for this slasher episode. This is one of our favourites. I'd say this is my favourite, but there was one that came a very close second, which I didn't choose because I'd like to use it for an episode in the future for another genre. Fair enough. So that's how I came to mind. Maybe we should say what they are. Maybe. Oh yeah, let's 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 say which films you picked. Go on then. So I, I've I've gone to uh, the classic nineteen ninety seven. I I know what you did last summer. Mhm. Chris. Mhm. I have chosen Adam Green's 
Hatchet. <laughs> I've. It was a hard process to get here. I chose Scream. Had to be Scream. It was either Scream or Halloween. And it, I went with Scream. Me too. Not for Chris. Not me. I'd seen. I'd seen the burning. Oh, look at Chris. There you go. Look at. Look at that. Look at me. Look at me ticking off the air. The <laughs> what? What do you mean you haven't seen the burning? <laughs> Although I do remember having the burning on VHS mm. and repeatedly putting it on and falling asleep. Okay. Years, years, years ago, when I used to stop at my uh, parents' house after I'd been working on weekend. Um, it used to be the VHS were there, and I, I remember putting it on and never getting past like the credits, oh. basically. So that's not a reflection on the film. That was just me being very tired. So um, Mercer, as the winner again last week, would you like to go first? Would you like to start us? Okay, so let's start with my choice as Rainy Champ. So I, like I said, I've gone for 1997's um, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh, written by Kevin Williamson, who's making a double appearance in this episode. The show is. Um, and directed by Jim Gillespie, Gillespie. Um, it's basically the story of four friends who've got their whole life in front of them, and after one fateful event, um, 4th of July, they accidentally hit someone with their car, and they panic and they don't know what to do, so... Um, they're all scared about the future and what will happen to them if they report to the police because they've been drinking, partying, you know what it's like, kids in America. Um, so they decide to dump the body. Um, like you do. Only when they, as you do, yeah. Only when they dump the body, um, he's not actually dead. Da-da-da. But they still dump him anyway. Um, and then a year later, they all come back to their hometown. They're not friends anymore. But they all come like back to the hometown, or they're in the hometown, and um, it looks like someone knows what they did last <laughs> summer, and that someone is going to make them pay for what they did last summer. And then what occurs is um, deaths and what of them? screams. Yeah, I did. I did think you were going to say this is a story all about how their life got flipped turned upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wish I had. When when you picked, I know what you did last summer. My heart sank a bit because Why? I want you know my feelings on Jennifer Love Hewitt. I'm I do not going to get into a rant on this one. I don't feel it's the time nor the place. But I'm not a massive Jennifer Love Hewitt fan. And when I first watched, I know what you, I know what you did last summer. I hated it. I didn't want to go near okay. it. I'd watch Scream. This was just a pale imitation of Scream. And I was like, the fuck is this? So I hated it. And then we rewatched it. And you know what? Not that bad. Didn't it's hate like, it. I, Didn't hate it. I think, it's I think it's got some like nice classic horror tropes in there. Um, what I want to do, give you a, a few fun bits of trivia about it. Because mm-hmm. I always like things like this. I specifically like looking at like casting options because I think that gives you a kind of perspective on what it could have been and what it is. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, what I will say is this film 
was wrote before Scream. Really? Yeah, so Based Kevin Williamson wrote this first, oh. but he couldn't it. No one would buy it. Okay. Uh, and then he wrote Scream, and Scream was such a massive commercial success mm. that Columbia Pictures were like, yeah, get on board straight away. Well, um, just before you go on to your next point, that, that is one of the things that I actually liked watching it this time round, the interchangeable pop references throughout Scream, yes. throughout I Know What You Did Last Summer. It, it's it's all connected. It all feels like a massive, like a 90s in-joke for everything. And yeah. it makes sense that he would get success off the back of Scream, given that... Of course. Yeah. Um, what I also think, things that I love is initially Jennifer Love Hewitt mm. auditioned for the role of Helen okay. which Sarah Michelle Gellar got and Sarah Michelle Gellar auditioned for Jennifer Love Hewitt's role yeah that doesn't work when you think of it when you think about it you go can see them playing each other you go no completely does not work yeah I agree Sarah Michelle Gellar owns Helen Shivers in that she, film she does she absolutely does she owns it. Uh, but also get which I think we're interested, who was considered for the role of Jula, which eventually went to Jennifer, mm. was Danielle Harris. Oh! Which I can see. I can see Danielle Harris in that role. Yes. And this is the best one. This is my favourite. I don't know what casting directors were thinking. I mean, I love this person, but I don't know what they were thinking. Melissa Joan Hart. What? Yeah, she actually turned down the role. She'll have been doing Sabrina at the time, so you've... You've kind of got an image that comes with that and maybe Scream Queen doesn't go along with Mild-Mannered Witch. I don't know. Well, she did play a a bitch in another film. Did she? Probably around, I don't know when it was, maybe a bit later, a bit earlier. But she definitely did at some point gladly to escape this kind of image, potentially. But yeah, can you imagine Sarah Michelle Gellar, not Sarah Michelle Gellar, Melissa Joan Hart in I Know You Did No. can't. I, I just think it would have ended up on TV. Mm. Mm. More than anything. Sorry, I got a mouthful of tea there. I can see Melissa Jane. I can see Melissa Jane in it. I can't. Anyway, so back to the film. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think some of the reasons I like this film is because it's so different to Everybody takes into consideration, though. I don't know. I think some films do feel like timeless classics, so you could put it on whenever and take away like fashion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like for example, I know like Nightmare on Elm Street is like eighties, yeah, but they don't. Other than like occasionally, they don't look predominantly like they live in the eighties. Yeah, it depends. You know, There's... There's different there's different things on it. It's all it's all the cam work and style. It's like a seventies film you can pick out as a seventies film regardless. If you even if you move removed every reference to anything of that decade and you watch out that film, when you pull out and go, that's seventies. You can, but like with the characters you could kind of like even though you know when it's shot, you could kind of play sometimes you can place them in a different era. Whereas there's no these characters there's there's nowhere else they could have lived except well, I don't think that's a bad thing. I like that trip to memory lane and going back because not nineties were great. We know that. And no, that's 
that's what I mean. That's part of the reason why I love it. It's so it's it's not it's just unabash- unashamedly, unabashedly, whatever the word is. I'm a nineties form. I live in the nineties, and just take me for what I am. Okay, which is just a nineties cheesy kind of thrasher fl- flick. Mm. Um, and the the outfits, like when she's wearing that like blossom hat, yes. that big oversized. Sun hat with dungarees on and stuff. You're just like, wow, Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt. Do you know what I love about I like the fashion and the hair, especially, is the fact that after everything has happened, they come back a year later, and you know that Jennifer Love Hewitt has been serious at college because she's got longer straighter hair. Ah, you see, you you take it that way. Do you know what I I saw? I saw four people who had all these plans. And then they got hit by that fateful mistake. And all of them kind of got affected by it, except except Barrett. That Ryan Philippe? Uh, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, Ryan Philippe. He was just a He's dick kind of like, throughout. Didn't really give a chair. Absolute yeah. dick. But, but everyone else kind of got affected by it in their own different way. So, mm. like, he didn't go to New York. Um, Ray, Freddie Prince Jr., didn't go off to New York and do what he did. Helen is back in the town looking for excuses for what happened, and mm. she does it all the way through the film. She's like, maybe he wanted that. Maybe. Well, I mean, maybe she's not wrong, that. though, is she? She isn't wrong, because they didn't actually kill him. No. So she's not she's wrong. Like, no, but she's looking for excuses to try and make herself feel better. And Jennifer Love Hewitt has just gone, fuck, my life's gone to shit because I can't deal with what I've done. Mm. Um, and I think that's kind of a cool thing to see in a film as well, where they come back. And they thought, especially Jennifer Love Hewitt, she's allowed, um, she's allowed it to affect everything. So school life or home life, she don't want to be friends with these people anymore. Which yeah. quite often you see a bond and be like, oh, we need to be together. And she's a bit like, I don't really want to be around you. Yeah, uh, I'm only doing this because something's going down. And what I love about it is, it's, again, specifically Jennifer Love Hewitt. I'm, I'm going to keep saying her name because I know you love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fact that um, I think Ray says something to her and she goes something like it's not our fault or something she's like listen I take full responsibility for my actions mm. in this so there's not one time when she's trying to pass the book or blame anyone else she just goes I made this mistake as well you're right there but does she go uh-huh. to the police if she fully takes responsibility for her actions does she go to the police and own up to what she did no, she doesn't. She doesn't. But I think after 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 they've done the budget, can she go to the police? Yeah. If she's so ill, we kill her about it. Just go to the police. Before, before when they were playing mind games, she weren't really a part of it. Like if they'd have gone to the police, it were an accident, and it would have only been where you got done. Now they've done the budget. She's become an accessory to murder. So would yeah. you go? Oh, yeah, actually, I'm going to own up now. Because I wouldn't. Yeah, if people were dying, yeah. Yeah, but that's another thing I like about this film. I think we've seen it, like, hundreds of times. It's kind of like, what do we do in this situation? And I love them kind of like, what do you do? Like, human nature tells you, go Mm. to the police. We need to help this person. But, like, peer pressure? I mean, what would we... I I, I don't know. There's not four of us. It's just that I can see you two and me on the screen, and I'm thinking I'm another person. (laughs) 
This is a great. This is a start of a great slasher movie. There's three of us. As split personality. split personality. If you want to count the four, there's a there's a Frank Turner poster just behind us. If you want to. I can't. I genuinely thought there were four people involved right now. Um, anyway, so I like that whole um, that kill and the way that they can't, the way they've all kind of struggled to deal with it and how mm. they how they responded. So that's that's part of the reason why I love it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some funny things like, for example, Brian Philippe, not Brian Philippe, Freddie Prince Junior. Um, he can't act. No, he has the same <laughs> he has the same expression on his face. He can, he can be, he can be. Oh my god, we've hit this guy. Oh my god, my pizza's late. Yes, <laughs> but he's such a and nice he, guy. Like in real life, you just can't it. not like him. It sounds docile though most of the time. I love you. What? <laughs> Do you know what I love as well? When when she gets on the boat and it what's it called Billy Blue? Is it on the boat? Yeah. yeah. She, she gets on the boat and she notices it and rather than saying to her straight away, oh no, stop, listen, this is what's happened, it just goes, for the longest time, it's not what you think. All right, quicker, because now she's halfway down here running away, like she does in every scene, by the way. I counted how many times she ran away. Nine. Well, she's got a lot to run away from, I'm afraid. It's not like she's running away from a murderer. She's running away from the boat. She's running away from when her friends didn't mean to her. She thought he was the murderer. No, 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 not just that time. That's what I'm saying. She didn't even have to be being chased by anyone. She just runs at random. And I'm sorry, I will forever, I will forever hate that scene where she stood in the middle of the road. No, 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 that's... I hate it. I hate it. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? I wish it were like Scary Movie and someone just ran her over. The thing is, there would be no Scary Movie if it weren't for that that, that one scene. That is my opinion. They base the full film around being able to do, What are you waiting for? That's, that's one of my favourite scenes. It's so, like, ridiculous. The fact that they're in there, a house in a state... There's houses all around him. She's stood in the middle of the street screaming and not a single person comes out to go, is everything all right? <laughs> <laughs> be fair, be fair, they're not, they're not exactly subtle any any point through the film. Their, no. their, their, their body disposal leaves a lot to be desired. Don't bother wrapping it up. Just carry, just carry them down to the pier. Do you know what's funny with the body disposal? Something that I, I don't get. Like Max is driving when the first knock him over and they pick him up. That like Max is driving down the road, full lights on, and they go, "Oh, quick, we need to move him." And they're carrying his body across the road while he's like he parks up a little bit and then pulls forward. And I'm like, "Why is he not seen?" Because he's too busy being rapey. <laughs> he's being rapey, anyway. Leonard. And then why does he get killed? Because he's rapey. And because <laughs> and and because the killer needs someone to pin. The mur- a murder on, so they can't go to the police. That's why they dump the body in the trunk, and they give the jacket the bat, and right. Barry ends up with the jacket. I I did wonder that myself. I wondered why he had to die because obviously he's got no part of it. But like Chris said, um, and then I just need to mention this because this film would not exist without Sarah Michelle Gellar's full, full. 
from the moment she gets into the police car up until the moment she gets killed. Um, this film would be nothing without that. It's the best scene. One of the best, I've almost escaped chase scenes I've ever seen in my life. It reminds me of Scream 2 where Neve Campbell and her uh, roommate are in the back of the car and ghost faces on the... Yes, yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's, uh, which was obviously wrote after. Yeah. I know he did, so he's obviously taken some of the kind of tropes from what he's done previously that worked. Yes. Because I think everyone talks about that scene. I think it's been voted one of the most, like, one of the best chase scenes Mm. on some kind of thing. And Sarah Michelle Gellar is so good at it. She is, she really is. I love, I love her in this film. Um, To start with, I'm a bit like, oh, she's a bit whiner. But like, in in this scene, I'm just like, Oh my God, go, go, go. And I remember being at cinema watching this and seeing that moment when she's there and you're like, oh my God, she's going to get out, even though, you know, we're horror fans. Like, in 1997, I thought, she's going to go, she's going to escape this. Mm. We're going to we're gonna have a, a chill girl final. Um, but, but, like, when she turns around to look and then turns back and he's there, and I'm, I, I, like, it gets me every time. I'm just like, I cannot believe it. And these are the mistakes that they make. They stop. They stop to look. This is the downfall. And I, I know we should expect it, knowing horror films, but don't take that time to stop and turn around and look. Just keep going. Because when you stop, that's when you die. Look at Bob from Stranger Things, her. idiot. I mean, I don't know how he got in front of her, but he were in front of her, so she probably <laughs> were never going to get out anyway. Yeah, maybe. That, that, that entire sequence for me is probably one of the, yeah, one of the greatest, one of the greatest test sequences, mm. Neil. Neo escape sequences. There is there is an actual favourite I've got. Okay. Which I'm sure we'll probably um talk about at some point. Okay. But it's gonna be in today's episode, I imagine. Is it in today's episode? <laughs> it, it could be in today's mm-hmm. episode, it could be in another episode. Oh I know what it's gonna be then, I've already got it. Who knows? I know what it's gonna be. <laughs> Who knows? I know. Um, um well yeah, you will know. Uh-huh. Um uh-huh. and then I guess um I guess as well something I love about this film, which I miss from horror films, like you used to see all the time in older days, when they discover all the dead friends, when she's crawling around in the ice and like her friends are just popping up dead left, right and centre. <laughs> it's like, oh, awesome, I forget, I forget like, because a lot of films in the past used to do that, didn't they? Kill people off, but nobody knew they were dead. Well, that's happened in all of our picks today and in The Burning as well. It does happen. The, the bodies pop up. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but yeah, I you're quite right. Like, you, you don't really tend to see it these days. It happens in front of yeah. them, and yeah, I mean, all the films like they don't even know someone's trying to kill them, do they? No. Until people are dead. At least in ours, they all knew someone were trying to kill them. Yeah, um, and then found a dead body. But like, I kind of love that. Um, and then I also love, uh, and then I'll, I'll come to an end with this. Sorry? But I think one of my favourite lines in the film is when. Um, Ben, the fisherman, mm. turns around to um, set not to JLH huge and SPR. Jennifer Love, huge tits. Right, we shouldn't say that's sexist. And Freddie Prince Dumbo. Quite in back. When Ben turns around to them and he goes, When you leave a man for dead, make sure he's really dead. And then five minutes later, they partially kill him. 
and they don't even care what Free State or not. Are you like, learn from your? You've just been given advice by the man who, who you've done this to once before, and like you've not even taken it. You've not even said to the police, we need to find a body. This... Like, oh, we're in love again. <laughs> there are so many mistakes in that in sequence. To, to the point where she's ragging the door open with a cardigan and then just leaves the cardigan. It's like, move it. It takes a second to move it. It's not going to know you're there. She needs to pull it up to open the door. But yeah, but then she can rag it out. Um, yeah. So anyway, as I say in summary, um, I just love the film. I think it's so 90s. It's so... Um, it lives in the 90s. It's got a wicked kind of 90s soundtrack, which you can't escape with at least a couple of the films that have been picked today. Uh, yeah, and I like, how, I like how it doesn't follow this. They do, I just like the fact that these four friends kind of break away from each other. And yeah. they don't really... Like, apart from Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr., like, who are desperate to kind of regain that friendship. It's when they come back together and one of them goes, what, what happened between us? It's yeah, like if, a you, murder. If, you don't, if you don't remember, then... That's exactly what Sarah Michelle Gellar says to Jennifer Love Hewitt. It's like, what happened between yeah, us? Yeah, that's what he's yeah. saying, yeah. Originally, we used to be best friends. And she's like, things change or something. And she's like, call me. She's just like, mm-hmm. I am... Maybe. I like the fact that within the space of a year, obviously, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, I can't, I forgot, I don't know real names, I'm sorry, I've not watched it enough to use character names. You don't names. know real names, you're using the real names. Real names. Julia. You know what Julie I meant. Julie James. You know what I meant. So, she goes off to college, and Freddie Prince Jr. is doing whatever he's doing, but Sarah Michelle Gellar and um, Ryan Philippe have kind of become like a husband and wife team. She's decked up like she's some fucking... But well, they're not together. Small town. I know, but they're not. But they look like they are together. Like she's like some sort of small town debutante sort of thing, and he's like a wife yeah. beater in an actual wife beater. And <laughs> it seems like for it, it feels like this formed relationship of them two love hating each other. It's really weird. I thought it's a really weird dynamic mm. to have after a year. I know. And then when she gets a haircut as well, this is totally off point, right? But. She makes out like it's the worst thing in the world and she hides under a cap. And then when she's doing the parade, her hair looks stunning. It's not even that short. Don't. She's going to have it done, ain't she? But it doesn't look that short. She's hiding it under there like he's giving her a buzz cut and Talk, he hasn't. Talking of overreaction, Jennifer loves its mum when she, goes, when she comes back and she's failing her class. Failing her class is being a slightly moody teenager. Your father must be turning in his grave. Bitch, <laughs> just a little, a little bit, over, a little bit over the top, and cruel. But I That's mean, cruel, like so, when I when I first watched it, I really didn't like it. I really didn't. And then when you picked it, I was like, oh shit, I've got to watch it again. And it it actually surprised me. You know, like you say you go back and you view films differently, like yeah. you loved them during the time, and now it's changed. I hated that in the time, and yeah, it's changed. Question. Yes. This is a legitimate question because I've seen it in a few films. Uh, it's not in prom night. It's not in what? I don't understand how the legitimate. Like, how do people tie the towels so that they don't fall down? <laughs> I don't they know. Have, they have big, they know. Have big towels. I can't even get a towel around my waist. But if I could, yeah, the second I take a step, it just undoes. I can do it over my bust, 
and do it in on my bust and it stays for a while. But then right. because I'm a big girl, it just comes away eventually. So okay, I end up walking around like a naked mole rat. That's one of the biggest questions I've taken away from. I know you bless someone. It'll be pinned in place. It'll be, it's like it's like in TV shows. No woman moisturises her hands before she goes to bed. No woman does that, and that's all you ever see on TV shows. Them sat in bed moisturising the hands while having a conversation. Nah, bitch. Yeah, bring it back. I know you can listen. Like, it's fun. It's 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 a classic nineties film, and, and and I think it's awesome. I think it deserves some praise. Going into my pick, obviously, you know, is Scream. Um, probably one of the best slashers ever made. One of the best films ever made. Let's go there. Um, it's about a girl called Sydney Prescott whose mom has died uh, within a year of where she is now and um, two of her classmates get brutally murdered and they soon start to realise that there is a killer on the loose. Is it connected to Sydney Prescott's mom's death? We don't know. We find out. We, we learn it is. Yeah. So it's basically, <laughs> it's, it's Sydney running around from this killer trying to find out who it is whilst all the friends are getting bumped off. Um, it's iconic. It's amazing. It's got a banging soundtrack. It's got the best cast you could ever get for a teen horror, a teen slasher. Um, that opening is probably one of the best. And this is what you were going to do, weren't it, Mercer? This was your favourite yeah. chase scene? Yeah, I knew it, bitch. Because you got a hard on for Drew. Um, I love Drew Barrymore. I know you do. I know. Yeah, that's 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 um, not only is it my favourite near death chase scene or opening sequence to a film, but it's probably like my favourite scene in any movie yeah. ever. The whole cat and mouse scenario of it is amazing. Him just like teasing her, and you know you'd like to think that if you're in that situation, let's let's say we were in the nineties. If you're in that situation in this air quotes day and age, you would be looking at it in a smart way but she does ultimately fall into the tropes of everything before i'm gonna say although she does try not to she tries not that's the point she tries not to but it does ultimately end up going that way because it because that's how that's how a horror that's how a slasher naturally plays out it can't be helped maybe that's a comment on you can't escape the rules no matter who you are no matter what time it is so when she ends up getting out, uh, which is... She, she's really clever about it, actually, sneaking out of the house and stuff. But when he does eventually get hold of her and uh, jots a windpipe so she can't talk, and you just see her going for her mom, and the mom's in, like, reaching distance, and you're like, oh, no. It. It's horrible. It's so it. horrible. That, that, that opening scene is, like, three... Well, there's four, but I've not wrote one of them down. But there's like four things where I go. Mm. So the very first thing, and I think it's it's probably one of the most terrifying things, is when he's like, "You didn't tell me your name," and she's like, "Why do you want to know my name?" And he's like, "I want to know what I'm looking at." My like my the hairs stand up. I'm like, "He oh, can genuinely see you." <laughs> absolutely terrifying. Um, when you watch that we recited that whole opening scene last night I didn't realise that I knew it end to end but I do because <laughs> I've watched it that many times it's just I amazing up, I, the hang, hang up on me again and I'll put you like a fish mm. line 
I'm like, oh, you're such a bastard. Why leave Drew alone? Her ability to absolutely panic and go to pieces is pretty spectacular, as I imagine most people would. Yeah. I don't imagine many people, apart from Sid, but we'll talk about Sid's complete obliviousness to any her emotional deadness later on. <laughs> I think Drew Barrymore does an excellent, excellent job. But yeah, and then I think just that part when uh, the mother picks the phone up to phone the police, mm. and you can, can just hear, hear her. her oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, this like that 12 minutes is probably the most intense 12 minutes of that film but it's, it sets the mood so well and it doesn't drop at all throughout so, I'm sure you already know this but Drew Barrymore was actually supposed to be Sydney yes I did know that as, yeah but as the most uh, famous because at the time she was the most famous person in the film from movies, mm-hmm. not from TVs. Like obviously, Ned Campbell, Courtney Cox were yeah. famous for TV, and she she suggested to Wes Craven, wouldn't it be like a riot if I died first? Pull the psycho. That would... What? Pull the psycho. Pull the psycho, yeah, because it would mean like the rules are out of the window straight away. Mm. Like nobody, anything can happen. But like all the promotional stuff has got Drew as front and center, and all the adverts used used her. Yeah. In the in the adverts as well. And when I when I first saw that it was coming out as a massive Drew Barrymore fan, I was like, fuck me, this is gonna be awesome. I, I, like this is gonna be a big film for Drew. Yeah. Uh, and then Essentially what happened with Psycho in that you know you had Janet Lee on posters and such, and for people coming into screen might not have been aware of that. This is this is setting a new you know, springing it to their attention that it can be done. And it has been done. You know what I mean? But yeah, going going forward into the film, like I say, it it doesn't drop in that tension. You 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 get into the whole aftermath of it and the media circus in school and what's going on and stuff. And you've got like Tatum, uh, Billy, Stu, and Sydney all sat around talking about it, and Randy, and just the the pop culture language in it all is brilliant. It's essentially to what what Juno tried to do years later in in terms of bringing quotability into a yeah. film, and there are some massively quotable parts in it. Like Chris does not leave me alone with liver alone. <laughs> you get uh, it? Yes, I'll leave <laughs> liver alone. This is one of the only films I like where I can pinpoint a a, a quote to Chris. Mm. Um, so that's that's interesting. Yeah, um, the deaths in it are brilliant and sometimes unfair, I find. I don't see why Principal Himbray had to die Why does Kenny get it? Why does Kenny get it? You know, I don't think that's fair. Well, Kenny had to get it because they were in way uh, they were stood in front of uh, Sydney. So, you know. Well, Could have just asked him to move. Could have gone, excuse, excuse me, me. Do, you mind, do you mind moving to one side? I think the thing is, when you get to screen two and three, you learn more about what's gone off in the past, obviously. So when they're going on the rampage, they're just going to do it to anybody. It's not going to matter whether it's intended or not, if they're in the way, they're just going to do it. So, Which comes to, which when you come to the, I, I am pushing forward to the end, but you know, I'm not doing Scream in any sort of chronological order. There's too much to cover on it and... I'm getting excited about it, so I'm I'm going between. But when you get to the end, and you see just the sloppiness 
and how unprepared Billy and Stu actually are when they're stabbing each other and when they're trying to keep an eye on Sydney and then Gail turns up. There's just, it's all over the place. It's not perfect. It's just, it just goes to show their adolescence in dealing with it, how they're not, they're not really meant for this. They're, they're stupid and they're crazy, but this isn't what they're meant for. Probably. We should have probably known at that point that there was somebody else as a driving force behind them. Because one of the things mm. they obviously do is, uh, and it, it made me go, I don't know how they did that, but they clone Sydney's dad's phone. Yeah. But they're just immature. Oh, yeah, trailers, yeah, yeah. And there's no indication that there's any kind of tech knowledge behind any of them. No. So, yeah, we should have been a bit bit more aware that, oh, well, somebody else must be involved here. But there's all them, um, talking about someone else, all them kind of like, theories isn't there about like there was definitely somebody else because Billy and Stu were together in the video shop when Sydney and Tatum were having that conversation and there were a scream oh oh yes didn't pick up on that did not pick up on that alright yes they're, they're like so unless there's like a massive passage of time which I don't think there is no uh, which would, no, al- it's, it's which would also make sense to the opening because you were saying, weren't you, Chris? That it took them. They got them up on. She, they got. The, yeah, they hung. They 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 hang her up mightily quickly. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it, it does all make sense when you go back. Well, I was saying that she'd be more inconspicuous, surely, just walking around as Billy's mum in her normal dress, right? When she's when she's lurking through the forest, <laughs> forest in a full costume. What I did with Scream this time round watching it, because obviously I'd, I've watched it so many times, I was looking for things that I hadn't picked up on before, and there are quite a few. One of them is in the opening scene, well, not opening scene, sorry, when we first get introduced to Billy, and this might be stuff that everybody's picked up on, and I'm just being totally ignorant with it, and I've just gone along for the ride all these years, but when Sydney and Billy are having their PG-13 moment in the bedroom... Uh, don't fear the reaper is playing and it's maybe they're a hint to who Billy is and what his real identity is. Also, I guess with that, like we already know that the killer's a massive, is is a horror movie fan. Mm-hmm. And what does Billy come in and do? I was watching The Exorcist. Yes. Like the point. very first thing he talks about is horror. Yeah. With that. So, I mean, that's another kind of little... Like feeding us, like it's like they feeding us little bits of information so that we know who it is. Yeah. But then taking it away from us as well. There's so there's so many references to a nightmare on Elm Street as well throughout the entire thing. I mean, I know it's it's horror filmed, uh, horror filmed, horror filled, and especially with the whole Halloween music playing over the top in you know the coming up to the final act. But even in the fact that when Billy comes into the bedroom, that's what Nancy's boyfriend were doing in a nightmare on yeah. Elm Street. And as Chris pointed out, she's wearing that nightgown that looks a lot like Tina's nightgown when she gets carked. So, yeah. yeah. And these are things that I've never picked up. It might just be all coincidental, but it seemed no. too, there seemed too many for it to be. Raven's a master. You wouldn't have done anything that's just I, a coincidence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was so lovely to see Wes Craven as well, because obviously, oh, you know, brown bread, bless him. I know. He, uh, he, he was um, a master. Yeah. You know, he almost, he almost didn't do Scream. Really? Yeah, he didn't want to do another horror. 
Um, but somewhere along the lines of people, people said that he kind of lost his edge. Um, and he kind of he decided he wanted to. Well, to apparently there's two reasons why he signed on. So one, he wanted to kind of hit back at them people say I have lost my head I'll give you one last thing before I before I stop mm. um, and also the fact that Drew Barrymore signed on oh, okay made him want to work with her but you can't blame him for that um what I would like to come around to and talk about if we can is the final scene in just how brilliant <laughs> Matthew Lillard is fucking brilliant it's it's when he realises he's dying and he's going to get caught, the whininess that comes into him is just fucking great. <laughs> That's, oh man, this is, this is going to be arguments there, I can imagine. Go on. That, his performance for me is the weakest <gasps> in the film. And I absolutely, I think the end, I, I'm not even like, I've, put, I've wrote it down, is Matthew Lillard performing for a scream? Or scary mover. No, he <laughs> he, ha- he has that same level of performance the whole way through though. They don't. He doesn't ramp it up. He's exactly the same way he is yeah, at the end as he is at the start. You know he's he manic. You know he's crazy. He's ramp- He definitely ramps it up at the end. Yeah, we know he's crazy, but the end that like like you said that whining and that stuff. I was just like, it feels like a comedy performance. I know it's, it's high on adrenaline. It just means stuff. No. Right, you can say what else you want. I'm not having Matthew Lillard talked bad about here. I'm not. No. He's a genius. I I'm love not, the guy. I'm not talking bad about him. I'm just simply saying that his performance, for me, was the weakest. And for me, kind of like, it was It was purely... Back when I first watched it, I didn't get that. But this time, like, re-watching it yesterday, I was a bit like... Oh, he's he's taking me out of it a little bit, like the tension that's been created, and like the way Billy is and the way like Sydney is, and then there's him, and I'm like, I know it's meant to be a, a, an aspect of comedy relief to kind of like alleviate that tension, but for me, it didn't just alleviate it; it just got rid of it completely. No, I disagree. So I disagree. That's that's just for me. Okay. I tell you what, I did notice this time round, and please don't take my gay ally badge away from me. Um, but I never, I didn't notice until this one just how, how much sexual tension there is between Billy and Stu. There's definitely something there. There has to be. The the two, the two into each other. It's like, did you not notice it? The scene. So I never noticed. In the video like, store, for example, in the video no, store, there's definitely. Uh, definitely made the video stuff. I mean, obviously, scary movie picked on it because picked up on it because it makes it gay uh, between them. But when, at the end, there's that moment where he's talking to Sid, Billy's talking to Sydney, and Stu comes up behind him, and it's almost like 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 they're a couple. The yeah. Leans in and embraces him. But yeah, I, I never noticed it before. I never felt any kind of sexual stuff before. But maybe I was. Um, too young. No, I'm too young. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it just, it just never occurred to me before. But yes, you're right. When I watched it yesterday, I would be like, that's a bit lovey-dovey. I like it. I like the dynamic of it. Right. Yeah, close. Yeah, they're close. People that sleep together, kill together. <laughs> exactly. I, I didn't pick up on the fact um, that... I, I'll, let, I'll let Chris say this point about Sydney and... Yes. <laughs> if... If my mother 
was killed, brutally raped and butchered. And then I'd had two of my I'd had two of my classmates killed the day before. When someone phones me and starts threatening me, I would not just wander out the front door calling their bluff. But she is convinced it's Randa. No, it doesn't. It I does, said this. It does not matter. It does not matter. You can't, you can't, I don't believe anyone would go, oh, it's probably Randy. I'll just step outside. I said if this was me and I was getting a phone call, I'd be like, Mercer, what, what are you doing? This is clearly just you fucking about. And Chris said, what, even if you, even if like your friends have been murdered the day before, we'd probably make That's a like, joke about it's it. Like, and, Rand, and Randy's friends were, did you mean? She knows, she knows, yeah, but Randy's friends were, so he knows what she's been through. So we saying, therefore, he'd immediately start trying to terrify her. Yeah, but they weren't exact, so Sydney weren't exactly friends with Casey and Steve. They just went to school together. It'd only be like someone in you work with getting killed. No, no, but I say, I say, they, I say, they've died though, but I say, she's clearly friends with Randy. So if she thinks it's him, she clearly, she clearly thinks he's the kind of guy who, after two students are killed, would be phoning to attempt to terrify someone. But just the a few hours before, they were sat outside that fountain talking and Randy was making a joke about it. And Randy was messing around about it. So yeah, she does know Randy and she knows he'd make a joke about it. Yeah, joke about it. What, but not phoning when she's on her own to terrify her? You want to talk about someone in her life being a dick? I know Billy's the killer, but he's a right cunt to her. When he's like, oh, just because your mum died, you don't want to have sex with me. Fuck off, Billy. I, see, that's one thing that I, I picked up, but I'm like, it's not actually even been a year yet. No. And people are like, you need to get over it. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> I know. Like, What's it like, losing, like, if you lost someone to natural causes, it, like, you're not just going to be like, a, a year later, go, oh, that's all done with. Like, grief something that takes forever. Imagine having your mum butchered and murdered. And you've testified against the person that you saw leave the house saying that they did it, and now they're on death row. Yeah. That's not just like a death, is it? That's like, yeah, I, I only need one year to get over that. <laughs> I, was, I, was so, I also like police procedures that, has, that means that when you accuse someone of uh, trying to kill you, they can then see you and shout at you as they're dragged through the as you're sitting in the office. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would be like, why, why are they just walking in past You might as well just go, her, her. She's the one who accused you, her. What, what, I know this isn't on the film, but can we can we talk briefly about Scream 5? Briefly? In the fact that we don't actually see Stu die, we see Stu with a television on his head. That's all we see. Oh, that clown. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't actually see him die. And now this talks about Matthew Lillard maybe coming back for Scream 5. You know what? We don't see him die, but we see three other movies after Scream where you would assume that if he'd not died, Sidney Campbell might have... Sidney Prescott, sorry, I, always, I keep mixing the name up. <laughs> might have at one point turned around in one of these four sequels of God. I wonder if it's Stu, considering <laughs> he didn't die the first time. Mercer, you know the rules. And by the time it came to Scream 3, you know that the rules are out of the window because we're on number three. So anything past three, it's all out of the window. It could be anyone. I think it, in an ideal world, I'd like it to be that Stu comes back and kills Sydney. I love Sydney. Absolutely love with all my heart, but she has to die. 
Straight away. Straight away, yeah, straight away. The first ten minutes. If, if Courtney and David come back, just kill him immediately. Yeah. Blow him up in a in a thing straight away. Kill him all. It needs to be done. But then again, if you are killed within the first ten minutes, what's going to happen to the rest of the film? Is it going to be? Well, there, there won't be any film because we need Sydney and Sydney's family or some and but, friends. To but it ha- I think I think Sydney has to die. It's, we've had too many films now where she's escaped and that's great and she's a scream queen and she's a heroine and that's amazing but it can't be anymore it has to be now that she goes mm. in my opinion because Scream 4 was awful scream I know they're trying to reboot with a new generation but keeping Sid through the whole thing just threw it off and just I hated awful. that whole oh you're my cousin and you got fame why can't I be famous oh for fuck's sake I didn't mind Scream 4. I just I, I felt they had some really strong moments in it. I like. Yeah, I like the whole Culkin and um, Hayden Pan. I can't pronounce the name. Pantier. Pantier. They they were good. I like those two together and how they interacted and stuff. But I really didn't like the rest. Just again off subject. Did you? Because I read about this last night. Did you hear? Um, they were going to end Scream Three. No. I read about this. Apparently, they were going to... Initially, the plan was... This is Kevin Williamson. Was to um, have Sydney somehow enter a room and every single victim from every single screen mover up until that point are actually all alive and it were all a plot to drive her insane. What? Why? <laughs> nobody died. But then he thought, hmm, audiences don't really like that kind of thing. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'd, I'd be angry. <laughs> if you'd invested in like, three films, that's an ending, yeah. You know that scene in Family Guy where Stewie watches Bewitched and then goes, catches a plane and goes all the way across America to see Will Ferrell to get that mm-hmm. ladder to smack him in the face? That's what I'd do to Kevin Williamson. <laughs> I mean, that's a bit harsh. No, anyway, it's not. Back onto screen, mm-hmm. um, I will say. Um, what, I, what I said about Nev, uh, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt being quite, I thought she was really good in, I think she really good in, I know what you did last summer as a lead, as this kind of vulnerable, like she's got that sense of vulnerability, guilt, but strength. Yeah. Uh, I think Nev Campbell probably slays that a bit more. She does, absolutely. Yeah. She's definitely, I think, she's probably the better actress. She is, I, uh, I would say. Yeah. No, so, just because it's my think, film either. I just think she is no, in general. Um, she, in general, yeah, she's probably the better actress. And um, I think her, her Sydney, like I couldn't imagine anyone else being Sydney. No, no. Um, there's, there's, there's an element of, like because she's, she's physically as well, not like she's not a way fisher. Do you know like no, no. physically? You can see that she's got, like, I'm not thinking... Well, she builds herself up, doesn't she, by Scream 3? She just waits and, well, she looks muscular, she looks sturdy, so... In general, like, Nev Campbell is, like, she's not your typical kind of, like, size zero... Blonde running around. She's not overweight. No, I'm not saying she's overweight. I'm saying, but she's not, like, she's built, like, differently to what you imagine... She's athletic. No, and I don't mean that in a bad way. What no, I mean, no, I get what you mean. Yeah. Like, she looks more like she can defend herself, like she's prepared to deal with the real world. Yeah. Um, and emo- so I, I think she's emotionally pr- 
emotionally intelligent and intelligent. Mm. So she's got like she's somewhat more believable about her being a, a survivor yeah. in the film. I think. Yeah. And, like, I, I guess kind of like how I, how Jamie Lee Curtis is. By the time you reach like your H two O and the new Halloween, she has got that. Yeah. Survivor stance. Yeah, and she's been, and Ned's been through some, and you can tell she's been through some. Yeah. From, from the get go. Yeah. Like she's not like, a, like she, but she doesn't play a victim. That much. No, I, I wouldn't say she did. No. I think I she. I think she plays a victim later on. She becomes more of a victim as time goes by. I think, like in the other screen films. I don't um, know. Not even. No, I don't really think so. Because like even in Screen Three, where she gets the call. Um, at her home when she's doing the helpline and oh, yeah. she ends up going back. She doesn't, she literally just comes back and goes, it's happening again. Ready to deal with it again. You know? yeah, yeah. She, she doesn't come back crying or anything. She's like, fucking hell again. So She'd be more irritating. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. I do think she's, uh, I do think she's really, really quite good. But anyway, I, I think, um, I think Scream's a really good film. So. It is, it is. Um, I love it. I can't. I can't really say much more about it. I, everybody's seen Scream. Everybody knows Scream. If you say Scream to any non-horror fan, they'll scream. But then they'll, <laughs> they'll also reference the film. Everyone, know, you don't have to be a horror fan to know you scream. No. I'll say, bam, bitch went down. <laughs> bam, 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 bitch went down. It is the best quote in the film. And also when um, uh, I wish you said it, when um, Dewey Dewey tells Tatum off. He's like, that's my superior. And she's like, the janitor's your superior. <laughs> <laughs> What's Mum say? When I wear this badge, you have to treat me like an officer of the law. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. <laughs> yeah, he's saying, so on top of everything else, it's also very quotable. I think mean, my, 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 my favourite quote from it, 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 it's not even that, it's when... Um, it's in the end scene where Billy throws the phone at Stu and he goes, hit me with a phone, dick! <laughs> One thing, one thing that I will point out, which it kind of confuses me. Maybe, correct me if I'm wrong here. They're watching Halloween, right? Yes. First of all, the runtime Halloween is ridiculous in that because it jumps back and forth. I but said also, this last night. I said it. There's a line where one of the guys says, um, look at the blood. They've done it wrong. It's way too orange or something. Mm. Way too what bright or way too, yeah. And what, sorry? I can't recall what blood in Halloween. I can't recall any on-screen blood shots in Halloween. Someone who's watched Halloween recently get in touch get in touch with us last night. You will you will notice as well throughout screen that there's a lot of references to closets. Like closets are used a lot. Um like even to the point where he's looking in one as you can hear Jamie Lee Curtis in the background in the closet in Halloween, which would have finished by that point, but again that's the continuity yeah. thing of it. Um but, but there's a lot the of references when, to them. And she's still in the closet when she's in the closet when she chokes um the telly on Stu's head. Is she? Yeah. See, continuity. Of the, 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 all right, so that's the one bad point of screen then is that the continuity no. with Halloween is not up to scratch. Hang on, and one question. Just this is one thing that I've always wondered about screen. We know that they're following the rules as killers. Uh-huh. Why does he attempt to kill Sidney right at the start? I mean, what would happen if she didn't fight back? Because the crazy mate, they're saying the following by the Randy puts Randy puts these rules in place. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're following them, right? 
So they're just crazy. They're just no, going to death. No, the horror movie rules because when they're talking to Casey, they say, you know, you should never show who's there. No, that's not a rule. That's just a general bit of advice. Well, anyway, I'm just curious as to what would have happened, like, if, because he's not blonde yet. Like, if it have killed her, like, would it have just ended? Well, you wouldn't have had much of a film. No. <laughs> Anyway, so it's a fucking awesome film. It is. I'll it's amazing. That away from it. We should probably stop talking about it now because we are 35 yeah. minutes in. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, yes, that was my pick, Scream, and we will now go on to Chris's pick. Okay, so my choice, as we've already disclosed, is Adam Green, writer-director Adam Green's absolutely brilliant hatchet. Yay! Can I get a whoop whoop? Whoop whoop! Whoop whoop! Thank you very, <laughs> thank you very much for that completely ambiguous whoop whoop. <laughs> right, so, break down the plot. So, Ben has recently broken up with his girlfriend for eight years. He's currently being probably done pounded by a, a guy with a neck like a truck over the love seat that his mother <laughs> bought her. So, he goes down with. With Marcus, who's the only one of his friends whose name we know. Adam Green amongst them. But he's listed just as Buddy, number one. So he's there with Marcus down to New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. For Mardi Gras. Don't like that word. And you think that a man who's recently broken up with Mrs. Mardi Gras, tits, beer, that would be enough for most people. Ben, no. He needs more. He doesn't, he doesn't like this. So he is off to get... The boat ride through the haunted swamps of New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans. Along the along where along the way, we find the story of poor Victor Crowley. Oh, poor! I know, poor Victor Crowley, the abused, much maligned, misunderstood, about now deformed. vicious, deformed <laughs> serial <laughs> serial killer. But yeah, so that is our setup. The reason why this it won't win because Scream will win this week because well, you don't know. No, no one's going to vote. No one's going to vote against Scream. But the reason the reason this should this should have won is because this and Green understands what makes slashers so brilliant. All you need is a truly memorable bad guy and great deaths. True. And that is it. It's fun. There's no, it is so much there's fun. no, there's no hidden subtext here. This is eighty-two minutes around that of blood, guts, head ripped off, one-liners, just sheer joy the whole way through. Watch this thing with a whole smile on your face the entire way through. And this is why I didn't make many notes on Hatchet because with Hatchet, it is what it is. It's yes. just a really fun gore fest. I love it. Sorry, Mercy, you're about to speak. Sorry. I was just going to say, and, and and the way that Chris just explained it, don't make him sound crazy at all. Like, a smile on your face. Yes. Who doesn't smile when someone's getting their arms ripped off? Oh, it's got some brilliant effects in it, mate. Some brilliant yes. effects. No, I'm not going to argue with you. No, no, My no. My no. wasn't because um, of anything other than I, I, I wanted to try... Not to just have another film where I'm like, I fucking love this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's face it. Just just before, I mean, before we even have the credits, we've got Robert Englund 
and Josh from Blair Witch Project. Yeah, did you know that? Yes. I did. So, Robert England is, is Robert England. He's fabulous. He can't do no wrong in my eyes. I don't care what anyone says. He's a genius. No, I'm with you. Um, I love you haven't him. watched Night World. <laughs> I have watched Night is World. It Ni- is Night World, yes. Yeah. Yeah, the one with the... Um, the building's, the building's oh, supervisor. Yeah, the, 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 yeah the, that's the one. Like, yeah, I love him in that as well. I love Robert England. Robert England's... He's my male Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Like, they, they, like for me, they can't do anything wrong. I just love him. Um, <clears throat> Joshua Leonard, on the other hand. Yeah. I was a little bit like, whatever. This feels like a B-movie. But that's um, the point, I think. Yeah, but, but he, he felt like a bad B-movie for him. No, Ooh. no. Sorry. <laughs> Not tag-teaming yet, I promise. No, he, he's, he's great in it. It's just, it's a really... Nice opening that completely sets out what the film's going to be about. Yeah. It's complete. Oh, look, there's the, there's these two stereotypical rednecks fishing in the swamp. Yes, no, it is true. <clears throat> the opening is good, and I think you're right. It does set the tone. Like it's immediately like just a go fest, mm. and you're like, yes, I'm I'm on board with it straight away. Like there's no there's no need not to be. It's over the top go and. It's, that's that's what you want sometimes. Yeah. So something you can switch off and just and that again that sounds sick. Something you can switch off and just watch people get killed. Yeah. Do you know? What sometimes I mean? you need that in life. It it felt to me kind of like an eighties like an eighties film mixed with a B movie film. I don't know why I said B movie film. It's just B movie. <laughs> an eighties film mixed with a B movie. Like an ATM machine. <laughs> I also love the way you think to change it, film and movie. An eighties film with a B movie. Because it's, you don't it's call it a B, B film, film, do you? It's called a B movie. Eighties, eighties. But we're English, so yes. we call it film. Anyway, um, it's got that feel to it. Just that kind of. Just rampage, slasher, heads being ripped off, blood everywhere, over-the-top acting, like, straightforward storyline, completely. That's why it gives me that vibe. It's not, that's the thing, it's not, although the deaths are brilliant, and they're, they're just masterpieces, and it's, the gore's amazing, the effects they manage on what, which is probably a pretty small budget, for what they've achieved off that is um, stunning. But it's just the performances as well. Marcus steals the entire film as his best friend. He has all the best lines. He gives the best performance. And I think he's a little bud from the Cosby show as well. He's what? He's bud from the Cosby is show. Yeah. Which, is really, which is really weird because the older guy in it, you know, the, the older couple. Yes. That guy is in Bridesmaids and his name in Bridesmaids is Bill Cosby. Oh, right. Yeah. He's in everything, that older guy. All the performances are spot on. As I say, Marcus steals it. But even even him, when the porn producer or wannabe porn producer tells says about the name of his company, he goes, Have you heard of it? And he go, goes, Yeah, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Beavers? No, it's bo- not Boyard. What what the freak? It's Beaver, Beaver something. Right? Yeah, but I can't... I've... Isn't it Bayou? Bayou! Yeah, three times. Bayou Beavers. Sorry, mate, Bayou I didn't hear you. Sorry. It's, um, if you watch... So I watched it on DVD. Um, and I watched the extras, and there's, uh, there's loads of clips of where they're asking, talking about the company name. Um, 
and it's quite funny. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's quite a lot of names in there. I can't remember what were it. Oh. We totally bypassed Tony Todd, by the way. It's hilarious <laughs> opening performance. <laughs> Watch out on my peer months. The story he tells me is like, you know, it's all like mystical and dark and then he's like He sued me. Initially when I like when I'm I've seen Hatchet quite a few times. Yeah. Not like tons, but I've definitely seen it like more than twice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is a lot for me. I don't watch many. I don't. There's not many films that I watch repeatedly. Like, there's that many films out there. But um, yeah, when I, when I watched it, I was like, I couldn't work out whether he would. He was just playing for comedy or or not. I think comedy. Comedy definitely. But it, it definitely works. Which, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure about, like, Tony Todd's entire back catalogue, but he seems like a bit of out-of-character for Tony Todd to be so funny. When you do, like, Candyman and stuff. Yeah. He, he almost rem- I think he's almost the same in everything. Oh. <laughs> like, when, he's in, when he plays the mortician, mm. mortician in Of course, Final, Final Destination, Destination. yeah. I'm, I'm a bit like, mm, it's the same performance, but it's fine. What did you think... <laughs> right kind of drippy kind of whiny attitude it's weird they make it's weird that they have such a u-turn with him as then a hero although it's it, it does a bait and switch with both of them because she appears to be the badass at the start when she has the gun gun and clearly she's not because she's going to pieces over her brother and her dad going missing whereas he goes from whiny little bitch to start with the Oh, we there's all these gas canisters. We'll kill him and we'll do the, this and that. He's still a whiny little bitch, so it is. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's like uh, Joe Dave. I, I don't know. I just found he's like, just broken I, up with his girlfriend though, so cut him some slack. I know, I know. He just he just felt really whiny to me. The thing is with Hatchet, and I'm sure Adam Green would agree, it's not played for seriousness. It's it's played for outright fun and and every everybody everybody um embodies that in their characters i think yeah yeah no we that's the thing we wouldn't have if they played it seriously we wouldn't have every stereotype going we wouldn't have him as the drippy broken up with his missus and his wisecracking black best best mate and the weirdly quiet Vigilante-esque. The two hot girls who get the, the tits out the all one, the time. Yeah. And... The, old, the old couple who clearly appeared to have ended up in New Orleans by mistake during Mardi <laughs> Gras. Bless them. On one of the Florida walks. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. I, I have actually put, like, comedy horror for me is, is always a bit, like, tricky. I think, like, it either works or it doesn't. Most of the time it doesn't work. But I, 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 have, I literally just put... Um, really enjoying this as a comedy see i don't it's not that i see it as a comedy because yes it it does have comedic elements in it but for me it's more fun than it is a comedy fair enough because it's i mean 
let's be honest, they are not shy with those effects at all. Like, you would get similar deaths in other movies where they would just completely cut away at some points. And this one, you see full heads getting turned around and arms getting ripped off. It's fucking great. It's, it's very... Yeah, I said about comedy. It's very much... It's like Porky's meets Friday the 13th. Yeah. yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, like, I I was enjoying the comedy aspect okay. of the film. It didn't, it, didn't, it didn't, like, take me out of the film. Yeah. So... You know, like some comedy horrors, like they can't, the, the line between the two is quite fine and some just can't manage it. So it either becomes more comedy, which takes you out of the horror, yeah. or more horror, which then you don't understand why the comedy's in there. And what, sorry, I just burped. Plays it there. Oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> Too much tea. Um, yes, I agree with you on that. And then one of the... One of the times that was more noticeable in terms of a comedy element was when, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Is, is it Perry? Perry. Yeah. So. Oh, that's not the. That, no, that's, that's his name. Perry Shane Sean. Yeah. Yes. Or Andrew, depending on which hatchet you're going into in Jackie, the future. Jackie Tucker. Jackie Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fact that when he's doing the boat tour, he's using this New Orleans accent and he's all like southern y'all droll sort of thing. Yeah. But the minute he starts using his natural accent, he just loses the ability to speak English. But then he loses that accent as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely adore uh, Mister and Jenna and the way that they interact with each other. I think is hysterical. <laughs> and I think um, they've, they've got some classic lines. Like, I don't know what she says, but... Like, I know that Mr. turns around to like Jenna goes, your nipples are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, even me. The vibrator's supposed to go in your cooch, not in your ear. <laughs> I, think, I think that entire sequence where she's trying to phone the cops, and she's like, what are the cops going to do? She's like, they'll send the police. Please. And she's like, but the cops and the police are the same thing. And she's like, no, they're not, you idiot. <laughs> it's like, my God, you're so dumb. Um, I love that. Uh, and, uh, again, they are funny. I think they like they work so well. Mm. The scene when they get, the scene when they go around. Has anyone else got any more secrets? You're like, I didn't get, into, I didn't get into it. <laughs> they are really good. The script is razor sharp the whole way through. Even to the point where they're talking about um, the woman right at the start. They're talking about the woman having crabs. He's like, how did you not notice she was itching the whole way? She was itching the whole scratching. The whole time, and then they get on the boat, and he's falling for that girl. He's just sort of scratching down there. He's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> it's really good. We should probably mention Kane Hodder as Victor. Crowley, oh yeah, Victor Crowley as well. We're saying that this is pretty much Kane Hodder's film. You know, he, he plays the monster. He plays the dad in it. He was in charge of the stunts. I mean, some of those stunts were really impressive. Like when he's trying to get back into the cabin. After Victor Crowley's been set on, well, the house has been set on fire. He's there doing that without any mask on his face, just walking into flames. Actually, and I mean, I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've watched cursed films yet. Have you on Shudder? No. I think we've talked about it briefly. But the Twilight Zone episode, which is quite harrowing, but um, you, Kane Hodder's on there talking about basically how you put yourself in harm's way each time you do this sort of stuff, and there's no. 
you, you can never be 100% sure that you're ever going to come out of a fire. Well, it's talking, how he, got, like it's talking how he got ended up in hospital with major major burns during the stunt, weren't That he? was that's, the Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, then. that's yeah. the episode. He's, cause a lot of it focuses on the stunt work. And as I say, he's saying about how he ended up in hospital with major burns after a yeah. stunt. And for him then to go, yeah, just go back to work. You know, imagine you went, when we went to work and went, oh yeah, nearly died. And you'd go, yeah, just go back, just go back into work tomorrow. No worries. I think I think he actually damaged or hurt himself while filming Hatchet. Oh, did he? Like his knee or something, or his side. Um, Yeah. Um, Do you know, just little things. Do you know that burning house? Mm -hmm. Right. Am I the only one who noticed that the only thing that was on fire was the door from the outside? Yeah. But from the inside, the roof was falling in with things on fire. Maybe the flame had gotten up inside. No, it hadn't. <laughs> Maybe they've only got so much budget you should get off Adam Green's back. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is the, it's the whole storytelling aspect of it. That's the thing. So it's a dra- Just look at it as a dramatisation. So really, there were flames everywhere. But it was just a story being told so they couldn't show all the flames. I mean, if you want to talk about... Weird stuff that happens at people's houses. Boy, oh boy, have I got something on the burning when we come to it next. That, but that's for next. Okay. Yeah, for next. Yeah. Um, I know we mentioned them loads, but the death sequences, I think I think they are in all the Hatchet films, but I just think that they're, they're probably some of the best deaths. They really are. We get to see. The, the one where, um, I forgot her name already, Jenna? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Wait, is it? whatever it is on a thing, it's a sand like electric sander, yeah. Yeah, but then when it comes back to him, they're like a jaw, yeah. kind of like hanging off. I'm like, Brilliant. that is fucking awesome. Special mention to um, Victor Crowley in the guy who gets sucked into the jet engine and Tiffany Shepherd's death. Uh, where she drowned and I know it's not like a, an outright death, but it's yeah. a horrible because she's pregnant as well, it's a horrible death. And Tiffany Shepherd is fa- again fabulous. Yes, yes, I love her. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think the death in this that that, that when he rips the old woman's head, <laughs> yeah. uh, you just that just looks so good. They all look so, so good. good. They all look brilliant. When the he when, break, when he rips, when he twists his head round. Yeah, when he twists, I, I'm going to call him Doug because I went on IMDb and most of his character. It's God. Yeah, is he Doug? <laughs> he plays Doug a lot of times. If you go on IMDb, that tends to be a name. He for looks him. like he, he looks, looks like, like a Doug. Doug. Yeah, yeah. Doug but Shapiro, um, that's his name. Yeah, he's just off topic. He's in a brilliant film called God Bless America. That if you haven't seen, it's fantastic. Seek it out. Um, but Thingy's death as well, where he rips his arms off. His best mate. Yes, Marcus's death. Marcus's death. death rips his arms off and just throws them on him. And then smashes his head off the uh, the Tuesday. It's brutal that. It looks like it hurt. He's already ripped his arms off. He's not coming back from that. <laughs> yeah, you won't have much of a career as a pianist. Uh, oh, the bit as well where he he gets the water spew gob in his mouth. Oh. Can <laughs> you mention that? Do you know when Joel David Moore throws up or Ben's coming up? Yeah. He made himself really sick. Oh, like, did he? Really, like, oh. Well, that real vomit. That's a lot yeah. of vomit. Fingers down your throat. Oh, no. Um, action. 
Yeah, it comes up on the, again, on the special features on the DVD. Keep showing you in window, I can get more than this. We'll have to watch that because we've got the DVD, so. Maybe not Chris, he doesn't like bodily fluids and poop. Oh, no, me neither, really. I mean, it is, but that's different. Um, that's not the type of films we're discussing, so. No. <laughs> yeah, he really made himself sick. I kind of like the fact that Joel David Moore gets his arm ripped off. Yeah. Bed. In the boat. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, but... it's weird, because as you say, because she, she gets dragged in, and you do wonder where he is. We don't even see what happens to him. He's just laying there in the boat. Yeah. It also ends quite abruptly. I don't like how it ends. I I do, because it leaves you in that heightened state. It leaves you in that frantic state, and I like that, because you go out on a high. So, yeah, I'm quite happy with the fact we have no definitive ending. Mm, I just think, if it weren't for the fact that there was the sequels, or the sequel, Mm. it would be very disappointing for me, because it just kind of left you with a nothing, really. Just there screaming. That's my. That's the only thing, pretty much. Apart from a couple of like performances, the only thing that really gets my goat on Hatchet is just just the way it ends. There ain't really anything that gets my goat, to be honest. I, I like I say I find is it eighty minutes? Did you say it was? About eighty-two minutes, eighty-four it's, minutes. It's, it's a fun eighty minutes. It's really fun. But then again, all the Hatchet films are all the Hatchet films are like that. You know, enjoyed with a beer and friends and. And sometimes that's all you need. I do think Hatchet is, again, another really fucking good film. It is. Yeah. These flashes are all great. They're all great. There's no getting away from that. Well, they're not all great. There are some really bad flashes out there. The ones we've chosen, I think, are all great. Yeah. I mean, it turned me around on I Know What You Did Last Summer, and I didn't think that were ever going to happen. I was prepared to go to my grave here in that film. <laughs> yes! Well, that's a victory then. I've won. I've won! It <laughs> <laughs> fucking happens. Sit down. Take a seat, sir. I, I'm sat down. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Chris, have you got any ending hatchet bits of wisdom? Anything else you want to bring up to discuss within the film? No, I think, I think we covered everything. As I say... There's some, and as we've all mentioned, sometimes you want a beer, you want people being beaten to death on screen, <laughs> and you want to sit down and watch it with your mates. And that is the single perfect film. As I say, watch it at home, festival, on a plane, on a train, on a boat. <laughs> You're just saying words! <laughs> watch, it, watch it anywhere and it'll still be the best slasher film. Before we go into our reader's pick, um, we'd like to just talk about what was suggested to us and an honourable mentions list. Mercer? Yeah, so uh, we had we had quite a lot suggested again, so thank you for getting involved. Um, so one of the suggestions came from our good friend Darren Gaskell, at Darren underscore Gaskell, which was, um, at the risk of incurring extra wrath, I'm going Italian. <laughs> Again, and choosing Michelle Sauvé's Stage Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the original Stage Right, not the musical that we all know and love. Uh, and then we had uh, on Facebook Hayley Alice Roberts come through with a sleepaway camp. Classic. It's extremely warped, wasn't afraid to push the boundaries, 
and features one of the most unforgettable and iconic endings in slasher movie history, which we can't argue with. Girl ain't wrong. Yep. Uh, there were loads, loads of suggestions and loads of people put a lot, but we don't want to go through them all. But I reckon we've got, we've got a, a bit of a list of... Yeah, we, we, we had a fair amount of feedback on it, to be honest. We've got um, one called Intruder, which I've never seen before. Um, so I'm going to have to seek that out because I've never watched it. Uh, we've got Maniac Cop, um, Jason Lives, Halloween 4, Strangers Pray at Night, Scream 2, Friday 13th, Halloween, and my personal favourite from the suggestions, Leslie Vernon, Behind the Mask. Fantastic it, film. An awesome film. Yeah. And I, I guess that, that list just goes to highlight... Like, that's just a small snippet of the films that were selected, like people yeah. suggested. It just goes to highlight how difficult a choice it is and how good some of these films are. Yeah. I was going to say thank you for everyone who actually did submit a choice, though. So, um, yeah, The Burning, first time watch for me. So probably just so the burning, uh, just to fall in line with everything else, uh, directed by Tony Mailer. Uh, the screenplay. So you'll notice I'm saying the screenplay on this one was by Peter Lawrence, and I'm not saying the writer or the, where the ideas come from because that's problematic. Oh yes, it is, and yeah. and was also involved in Scream as well, but yes, we, we don't say its name. Too who made sure that we didn't, you know, support these evil people. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, that was quite... Uh, I was quite shocked when I saw that um, because I didn't realise that person actually... I, I knew he produced stuff. I didn't know he kind of created stuff and came yeah. up with storylines and things. I, I, so did, I did wonder watching Scream as well whether that might have been um, Rose McGowan's incident. But, I'm not sure. It was, was it? That's the first time she right. was introduced to um, okay. Weinstein. Anyway, that that being anyway, said, moving on from darker times to lighter times. Mm-hmm. Someone want to run through the plot of the burden? Chris, I think you're best place for this. Yeah. So, so we have a holiday camp, not like Berlin's though. Not <laughs> not fun. An American American holiday camp. We. Start the film with a group of youths going to terrify the caretaker Cropsy. We have no idea what we have no idea what he's done because we don't get that info at this point. Only apparently he's done stuff. Which someone up. No, you don't. You don't really get any background. We, we get no, but we get no, we get no backstory. Oh, I got a backstory, which was the getting Cropsy because um, of how he bullies them at camp and how he even beat one of the boys up. That might come later, but at the start we don't get any of that. We just that, that was, at the start. was it? I didn't pick up on. I, I didn't, didn't pick up notice on that. any of that. Yeah. It shows oh, our attention span. I think I might have watched an uncut version or, or oh. a different cut. Oh, that's possible though. When I went to get it, there was an option of an hour and thirty-one or an hour and twenty-eight. Uh, we had an hour and twenty-eight. That's probably what it that is. Hour thirty-one. Yeah, okay. but still, that's vital information. You wouldn't have yeah, that been left in the film. <laughs> anyway, so they they they, they go. They, like, you're right, so there'll be, like, there'll be valuable information about the film that completely changes the course of it. Right, so they go to play, play a prank to terrify Cropsy by putting a not very scary crystal skull and some worms on his bedside table and then waking him up. Could it work? Accident ensues and Cropsy goes up in flames along with his cabin. Yes. 
is not dead. Cause we know he's not dead. Cause we know he's hospital. We know he's hospitalized. Yet he then comes back five years later to claim his revenge on a whole new batch of young holiday makers and some old and some older ones. Yes. So this is a one of them standard American summer camps. Yeah. Right? I could not work out who the counselors and who the campers were. Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen all tiny children at one point in lunch But then the, the the main guy kept talking about the older campers going away, but the older campers and the counselors all looked the same. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think they just have different age groups, but. If, it throws you when they're all smoking, so it's like yeah. you can't imagine you go, you go to a camp and they go, yeah, just spark up, it's fine. And and that's it. They, they were smoking, and I'm like, oh well, they're campers, but I'm like, oh, but they're not. Well, wait, who's what? I, I really confused, they all just mingled into one for me yeah. by the end, so I just let that slide. Um, can we talk about the cast, please? Is the cast? It's fucking, what's his name? Jason Alexander? Jason Alexander. Uh, Fisher Jason Stevens? Alexander. Holly Hunter? Holly Hunter? I didn't even see Holly Hunter. I saw there. Holly Hunter. Don't worry about I it. I saw her. She was she were just one of the campers there or the counsellors there. She's, she, I don't think she gets lines in it. But I, I couldn't believe that Jason, Jason Alexander was like the best thing in it. He was great. He was really good. Uh, what I actually thought, um, despite, like, starting from the beginning, first of all, I just thought, but again, I was like, are these, like, 30-year-old men with a small child? Because that's what they felt like. Um, in, the, know, like in, the, in the first scene? Yeah, in the first Mercer, scene. I've literally written down all 30-year-old bar one 15-year-old. Oh, shut your front door. That is literally what I've written. These boys, at the start, look in their 30s. Well, except that blonde one. <laughs> That's literally what I wrote. That's the very we, first we, are, wrote. we are psychic forming this week, mate. And then I was like, who leaves it up in kind of gasoline at the side of the bed? Legitimately, <laughs> it's going to smell. And then I was like, why is he suddenly wearing a helmet when he's on fire? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Where's that helmet Can I ask you something? If, you, if you're yeah. going to exact revenge on somebody... At what point do you start thinking that a skull filled with fire and worms is the best thing to scare the shit out of someone? Well, they 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 young young children fear. Exactly, young young, young children. children. <laughs> well, maybe we don't know his backstory, so there might be some kind of he may have a deep scared of a skull. But this information we need. Um. But yeah. Um. But then talking about the cast, like you said, when it got into like the actual summer. Camp. Yeah. Um, I was well drawn in. I was like, these are actually quite good actors. Yeah, like, they're not bad. Yeah. The 80s horror film that it is, like Slasher. I'm like, and everything felt really natural. Like, I kind of believed, like, I believe, like, like Jason Alexander, his character, mm. and the pervert Edda, when yeah. they were like, well, I was like, I, can, I believe these are friends. Like, I, I did say, I did say, I wondered if they had actually been given. Um, license to just a lot of improv, improvise yeah. because it did like a lot of it did feel natural, and I thought that's probably stuff they've just come up with themselves. Yeah, you do Possibly. have to be you do have to be careful though because we have blazer is blazer, isn't it? Bla- blazer, blazer, 
Glazer. Blazer. Quasar. Quasar. Glazer. Quaver. Glazer. Whatever his name hey, is. Glazer. We have Sir. Anyway, Sir. He, could, he does. He does have the line. I'm gonna. Be, I'm gonna stay there. I'm gonna build a hot fire, as opposed to the cold ones. Yeah. Which does you do have to worry when you let let people ad lib. Well, see, I thought like again. I was like, oh, these are all really, really good. Like I'm really feeling it. And I thought, oh my god, what the hell is Glazer? Like, he was the one person I was yeah. like, That's, he was a caricature. Yeah. I'm like, I don't like it. Completely. Like Can I say? As well, just jumping back, that prostitute scene at the beginning where he kills the prostitute. Yeah. That is really good. Mm. I really enjoyed that. I thought like that 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 kind of like moment. It, it's very <laughs> it's very maniac. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I do wonder what it says about men when they go. Well, what he's trying to say about men when he's been in the hospital for five years and he goes out. First thing he goes, need a shag. Well, five years. And, and then he didn't even shag off. Just kills her. Uh, but I thought the the whole like the, the whole setup set Cropsy up in a way that made me think that Cropsy was going to be very scary. Yeah, I mean, operative you... and thing. As as a youngster watching this, I imagine I, I've seen a lot of people who were quite freaked out by Cropsey, like comments mm. and stuff on Facebook and whatnot. Yeah. So, like I mean, Chris, you watched this when you were how old? Fourteen, fifteen. What did you think of it at the time? Was it? No, I wasn't. I wasn't scared by it at all. But then again, I was watching Charles play when I was like eleven. So for me, it's not. It wasn't a. It's not the worst thing I'd seen. Yeah. By that point. Mm. True. I think, um, I will say, um, when when we first see Cropsy's burnt arm coming out of that um, burn unit, yeah. did anyone else not think it looked like a, like ribs or something? Like a nice barbecue <laughs> piece of meat? Right, you've been... You've been <laughs> really, oh, I can't wait, I can't wait you've been, Yeah, you've been on lockdown too, you've been on lockdown too long. <laughs> I thought it looked delicious. <laughs> uh, that's a good jump. That's a good jump scare. To be yeah. fair. Oh yeah, Glazer. I'm jumping back to Glazer. He's a fucking predator, and I don't like him. Yeah, he's very rapey throughout. Right. And I almost feel like when Sally gives in, although she, you know, she kind of indicates to him a lot that she's going to do it, and then pulls back and then goes uh-huh. like within moments. But when she finally gives in, it almost feels like she's she's just giving to peer pressure, and I don't like it. Yeah. And then later we find out that Eddie is as well. And I was quite disappointed in him. He's he's the weedy looking motherfucker. No, Eddie's the one who goes swimming with. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, he is as well. And yeah. then the also and then yeah, then the weedy motherfucker, as you put it, is also just spying on girls. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot of really shady behaviour going yeah. on. Yeah, they're like three of the three of the male characters are absolute dicks. But then we've got the Staring Grace, where I don't think Jason Alexander's characters are a douche. Or Fisher Stevens. You know Fisher, Fisher Stevens is, yeah. No, is it? Do you know Short Circuit? Yeah. You know the scientist oh my from Short Circuit. Twenty five. Is the is the Indian scientist who's not at all Indian in? I'm going to say he's not Indian. Short Circuit two. Oh right, no, I didn't know that. But he's brilliant, and, and their characters are lovely. Their characters are like what you scared her away by being a dick, and they stand up for people, and they're like really yeah. woke. 
as it yeah, is. Yeah, even stand up for Alfred, even though Alfred's a bit of a perv. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I quite like them characters. Yeah, they, they they make me have some faith in some humans. What really happens now? Well, what, what people just start getting killed, basically. Um, they, got, they, they ride over to that part of the side of the river and then they all start getting bumped off. And like you were saying earlier, you didn't get it in um, I Know What You Did Last Summer, where their friends start popping up. And that's what starts happening here with one of the best ones ever, where obviously they, they're going over to the canoe. I mean, this is, this is not them popping up, but this is a brilliant scene. Sorry? The raft scene. The raft scene, so where they're going over to the boat and then Cropsy comes up and it made me jump. It didn't make me jump. But afterwards, <laughs> where they find where they find the raft and they're all dead on the raft and she pulls his arm and his arm just comes off and starts floating. So their friends start popping up there. Yeah, true. Uh, like true eighties kind of trope. Yeah. I thought the raft scene was really good. Mm-hmm. Um what I liked about the raft scene is we've got like what five kids on that raft and it felt more realistic in the fact that none of them tried to fight back they all just panicked yeah so you know like in our movies we see all the time people try and defend themselves yeah um and he managed to take like five or six kids down however many were on there because they just panicked which is what I think you actually really would do you would so I did really enjoy that scene I love that scene. It was great. It was the best scene in the film for me. Effects are great. Tom Savini, Tom Savini doing the make, doing the effects. Uh, you see, talking of Tom Savini, I'll talk about that one effect. Eddie's head, which is clearly pushed up straight, yeah. and neck <laughs> like that. That looks terrible. Actually, I think I've seen so much better work from Savini in his earlier films. You've got to take into account budget and direction and I, vision as well. I think it felt to, like from from an effects point of view, it felt like he was rushed for to get the film completed and released. Well, to be fair, Rather you you look at the amount of slashes you had in the late seventies, early eighties. They were churning them out. Yeah, so it mean. probably was the case. Mm. Anyway, it, yeah, I just felt like. Mm. That's a bit odd. Um, we're going to get to Glazer getting killed. Okay. Nah, we've just had we've just had Shelley be killed um, off screen. Mm, bit of mm. a waste. And then we don't actually see it. Is that the girl who got out of the water? No, we see her get a throat slip. Oh, we do. Yes. Sorry. No, Shelley's the one who is who Glazer has sex with. And right. Runs off to get oh yeah yeah. Fire. Uh, when he comes back and doesn't notice two fully formed bodies under the sleeping bag, yeah, but I know that. I did also notice that, that, like, at least not even two meters behind him is Alfred. Yeah, following him through the woods. Yeah, I know. In the most indiscreet <laughs> following I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> I was like, how is he not? He's practically on your back, mate. I know. But I then know. when he gets killed, there's that scene. Where um, he gets stabbed in the neck and he Cropsy picks him up and we're looking from Cropsy's perspective, walking forward with him. Yeah. That looks that does look amazing. Does. I love that part. What what was the name of the lady who got out of the lake who wouldn't have sex? I can't remember. Uh, Michelle. Well, Michelle <laughs> when, she, when she gets out of the water, she can't find her clothes and yeah. just scattered around. 
<laughs> but with every piece of clothing you find, we get the jump... music goes, ding! We get a jump scare. <laughs> we get a jump scare soundtrack. It's like, why are these clothes so terrifying? <laughs> What's also interesting is why at that point, when she goes and her clothes are missing, and then she sees that they're hanging from different pieces of trees, did she not just turn around and go, this is fucking freaking <laughs> See, my, my problem was when she finally got a shirt on, she didn't do it up straight away. She just left it open. It's like, you're supposed to be cold. Get yourself done up. Yeah. Mm. And you'll notice most of the people who were up going off to have sex were removing the socks, which I didn't understand. There's a lot of sock porn. There's, yeah, there's loads of sock porn. Like, just taking I mean... off socks really sexily. And... It's fucking you socks. Take your socks off when you have sex? Well, I if mean, I was I... in the middle of the woods, then probably not. Probably no, not. Yeah. You take your socks off in the middle of the woods to have sex. To draw the experience. <laughs> yeah, what? A fucking tetanus when you stand on something. Oh, you're just going to lay on the fucking ground there, but naked. I think you've got a lot more exposed body area to be worried about than your foot. To be That's honest, if, if I were going to have sex in the woods anyway... I'd probably not get undressed. It'd be a quick trousers down job. Because if somebody comes along, you're screwed. Well, you're getting screwed. Getting screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever had sex in the woods. In a bush, yeah, but in the woods, no. No. <laughs> I'm not commenting. <laughs> I am not coming in. It's like you'd have to. It's like you'd have to contact the clarification for that as well. Contact like national Her- national forest forestry association. <laughs> Was this a bush or woods? I had sex in. Cute as a forest. Uh, anyway. Oh, anyway. Moving on. Um, does anyone not think that crops is not that scary? I don't think Crops is that scary. The problem is his head looks like it's been dipped in can- candle wax. Yeah. I think he, he kind of just my head in a bit. I hate, you know, like, when he's just, like, creeping up on people and, like, moving a bush aside. I'm just like, just fucking go and stab him. So, you know like, when, what you're doing? You know when they end up at his cabin in the end? Why is he all of a sudden living in... in his cabin. Is it not his? Because he's a ho- th- that Right, so the kid, when he's running creepy spy kid for like 90 minutes of the film yes through a maze yes and I'm like I don't remember why why is he running through all this and then when the other guy turned up after I thought please we're not going to do this again are we and (laughs) thankfully they cut it down a lot it was honestly the longest chase sequence and then what got me mad was when he when he finally catches Alfred Uh you don't kill him the the best the best bit of this scene is the continuity error when he get he gets knocked he gets knocked to the ground and drops the drops the axe. He stand he stands up and picks up the axe, but the shot is clearly someone lying on the floor Wait, picking the axe floor. up. Yes, I saw that. So that's uh, that's the lead. That's Todd. I'm on about the you know the pervert kid from yeah the yeah yeah. Are we hanging him up? Running and Proxy follows him and finds him and catches him and then just ties him up and puts spears not even through his arm. Over his arm. Well, the other, like, the other like, guy, the other guy, gives a slight cut across his head and then doesn't kill him. Yeah, the guy yeah, who finds yeah. him. Yeah, 
Yeah, but he goes for crap. He goes for Alfred, doesn't he? Yeah, no, but he's, he's pinned into a wall. You've actually got him on the ground. Just do a do quick, it, yeah. do a quick through the neck. But Off you go. I actually think as a as an end kind of scene, you know, like what's it? What they call them kind of scenes? What kind of scenes? Showdown, like the final showdown. Yeah. <laughs> I know that was a bit like. It was, it was a little bit like Lost <laughs> Like, I'm trying to remember what happened. He gets stabbed in the weed. The, the Stalkery, Stalkery guy stabs him, stabs Crops in the back oh, with, the the, with the shears. Oh, with yeah. the, uh, the uh, thing on the big. Yeah, shears. Yeah. And then other older older, camp, older camp counselor dude then smash him in the head with an axe. Yes. And then they set him on fire. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it just felt a bit. Um, Black luster in general. It ends a like bit. It ends a bit abruptly, doesn't it? Yeah, because just he's attacking and then just suddenly it's all over. Also, also, I hate this in films. I hate this in any film. I don't care what film it is. Unnecessary flashbacks. So obviously, it was to let us know that Todd was one of the boys at the cabin, which I didn't pick but up like, on in the beginning. He could have just said that. He could have just said, sorry, we didn't mean to kill you or something. We didn't mean to do this to you. We didn't need to see repeated shots of them having a conversation and them sneaking to the thing and then setting it on fire. I was just like, I hate flashbacks. <laughs> I'm not stupid. Do you remember yes. in the Dead 2, Mercer, when yes. we had a flashback that had happened not 30 seconds before? <laughs> It was him picking like a flower or an apple off a tree, and then it cuts to him being taken off in the helicopter, and I wet myself. Yeah, that, that was the best flashback back. ever. But anyway, okay. sorry. But yeah, I thought that were terrible. And then again, let's let's be honest here: the fact that that happens, and then we cut to a camper telling a story around a campfire, made me want to smash my face in. Yeah, I, I, I really didn't like the ending on this one. I thought it was going to be more of a something coming out. S- sorry, can I just jump back? We didn't even comment on the ending of I Know What You Did Last Summer. They, that Chris apparently tells me is never mentioned again or referred back to. The fact that somebody just jumps out of a mirror while she's in the shower. It's a dream, isn't it? No. Because it just cuts. Yeah, it just... Yeah, but then I know what you did last summer part two. It's just a dream. Okay, I don't remember the beginning of one. Still know what you did last summer. My apologies. I just start with that, but I think it's mentioned that she's like... Having flash. She's having a struggle, like having nightmares. Okay. Or something. But back to the burning anyway, sorry. Back to the burning. Yeah, I was I was a bit disappointed by the ending. So for me, it was like a weird journey. I don't know about you. Like, I, like I we're a bit like, mm, I'm not sure of this casting to start with. Then I was like, oh, this is good. We're killing a prostitute. Oh, this acting's <laughs> What? You. Oh, we're killing a prostitute. Yeah. No, but I was like, oh, that's, that's good. Cropsy was quite scary then. I'm like, oh. And then um, it was like Darkman or something. And then I'm like, well, these kids are really good acting. I'm really enjoying this. Mm. And then we had the rough scene. And I'm like, fuck me, this is quite good. And then I would say, oh my god, how long have I got to watch this Alfred running around? For? <laughs> yeah. And, I... and literally at that point, I was like, can we just get on with this now? It, I and think... because that took so long, everything that came after it was just like, I'm just, I'm done now. I, I can see why. Yeah, I can see why you get there with that. Mm-hmm. 
I think for me, I, I enjoyed it as a journey. I, it's something I wish I would have watched along with everybody else so that I'd known this for, you know what I mean? You get those films that you wish you'd watched when you were younger. And that's, yeah. that's the type of film it felt like to me. Chris? Well, I, I had seen it when I was younger, so it's, it's, it's a perfectly fine slasher. I don't, I got to the end of it, I didn't get to the end of it and go, oh, I've wasted 84 minutes or whatever, whichever version, whichever version we watch. I didn't waste 80 odd minutes of my life watching it. But then again, it's not something I feel the need to rush back and re, re-watch. Jason Alexander, as we, as we said, is the absolute star. Yeah, he's brilliant. Turn huh? from this. And he's got hair, which is really weird. It is really weird. It's, uh, in, in standard fashion, he's also quite fit as well, isn't he? I think. Yeah. Quite <laughs> yeah. No, I can understand. Yeah, I can understand well, how you yeah. can say he's attractive. There, yeah. It felt a bit odd that he weren't like the stud in the film. Oh no, he's not. I wouldn't say he like, got the oh, study okay. quality. Well, the glazer. Oh, I think it was meant to be the sex symbol in the film. I, I thought he was just the brute. That's the way I took him. Yeah. But yeah. But overall, I think Burning were a good choice. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think like Chris said, like it's not. I'm, I, I wouldn't say I wasted like X amount of time on my life that I'm never getting back. No. But I'm not. It's not like I've rushed to order it on like special DVD or Blu-ray. DVD, Blu-ray, Steelbook, limited it's, edition. Yeah, Steelbook, four K, high res, or whatever. I, I kind of like gone. Oh, I've watched that. Do you know what is interesting? Not interesting, but funny. The it the burning was one of the first films that made it onto the video nasties list. Yeah, you said this, didn't you? Yeah. So I, I, I'm, 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 we, a lot must have been cut because I can't see why it did. No, um, I couldn't either. But then Chris, you said you couldn't. I think he just got caught up in that whole period. They just went mental back then, I think. And I think anything that was slightly gory. Yeah. Seems to be a lot that Tom Savini were involved in. But, uh, you know, he was the go-to guy, I guess. They did put a lot of unnecessary films on that list, but I think it's the fact that this was one of the earlier ones that made the list. Yeah. Why I'm like, "Mm, that's a bit bizarre. Like, if it was one of the, the later ones that got caught up in, like, the sweep... Then it'd be like, right, fair enough. So I just wonder whether we saw a lot of cuts or whether whether they really were. I don't know. Was it? Would it? Would it have been that bad? I the, didn't think it was. No, I, I think that. I, that I think if that's the version that was put out, I wouldn't see why that would be on the list. Yeah. I've seen far. I've seen far worse things that didn't make the list. Um. So yeah. I, just to, I, 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 we've rounded up before and then carried on waffling. That appears to be the uh, trend of this episode. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really, uh, really, I, I really enjoyed the burning, and uh, I think it was a good choice. Mm-hmm. I think it was a, an acceptable choice. Not good. It won't make my top ten um, slasher flicks. I don't think, but um, I can see why people would pick it. Yeah. For, for it being a slasher. I guess that's it then. Yeah, we're done for this week. I guess so. Anybody yeah, guess got anything to... Any more for any more? Any more for any more? Any other business? No, I think that's probably it. 
from from our point of view. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but, um, um, you'll hear from us next week with the results show, along with the one star review, which we all know you love. We will put out the Twitter poll for your favourite of the four choices. It'll be on Facebook and Instagram as well. Yeah, so make sure you get voting and yeah. as we can watch. As, I look forward to Darren voting against Faye again. <laughs> Constantly. I don't think you will this time. I think you. I think. Uh, I, I, do you know what? I want to say I think you've got it in the bag, but then when I think about the films, I'm like, well, I I, I love Hatchet. I, I I love Scream and Norm. I know what you did last summer. Yeah. So, but everyone else seems to love the burning. That's true. But I think, I think, I think out of us, it's probably, yeah, I think I'll probably come last this time um, because people, because that, mine's a more serious tone. <laughs> <laughs> Yours is all about the dangers of drink driving. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, it, it, like mine, this in Crapsy have it like more of a, the, the serious end of the slasher. They don't, there's not much comedy in the films. Mm. Or any comedy in the films, or any intentional comedy in the films. Whereas you both have something that's a lot more like round, a rounded kind of film that's doing both things. Although Chris has probably got the comedy end of it mm. more. I don't. I don't want to say that. I'll wink. So don't want you to jinx me. Cause who knows? Who knows? Who, who, knows? who the fuck even cares? You. Like <laughs> me, I okay. care. You could do it. It'd be your second win, wouldn't it? Don't you patronise me. I no, fucking hear that tone. Would it be your second win or third win? Second. But you knew this. I can see from the smirk on your face that you knew this. That's right, you shake your hair. Anyway, we're done. Bye. Yeah. Bye then. <laughs> see you later.